Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Scumacast. I'm Steve, your host, and I am going to discuss something tonight that is kind of a point of frustration for me when people discuss certain cases. Some of these are very high-profile cases like Jack the Ripper or the Black Dahlia. Others, you hear it brought up in, you know, a local homicide particularly where there is significant dismemberment or disfiguring of the victim. This is the idea of surgical skill, quote-unquote. And the premise behind this idea is largely that one can detect evidence of medical or surgical training based on the way a body is dismembered or disfigured or organs are removed, in the case of Jack the Ripper, or the rapidity with which injuries are inflicted. Or the removal of organs in a situation that would dictate that such a removal was done largely by feel or with limited light, as in uh, one of the Ripper cases. This is one of the ideas that's used to prop up the implication of things like H.H. Holmes being Jack the Ripper, which is complete nonsense. There's nothing credible to back that contention up, and there is nothing we know about Holmes's behavior that fits with the way the Ripper killed. Holmes was driven largely by a desire for profit. There's no evidence of that at all in the victims that were chosen by or how they were dispatched by the Ripper. It also is used quite notably by Steve Hodell, who should know better, but who is hell-bent on trying to pin every unsolved murder, particularly the Black Dahlia case, on his late father, who may very well be an in fact, demonstrably was, a very peculiar man. That is not up for argument. However, there is no evidence that there was a medically trained hand necessarily involved in that case. What does back this up is there, you know, a person who does have anatomical knowledge or surgical skill, surgical training would perhaps be the better better word, would have certain advantages when it comes to dismemberment of a body. The issue is that those very same skills are not specific to those with medical or surgical or anatomical training as a formal form of education or professional training. For example, there is a lot made of the Black Dahlia case because of the fact that, well, you know, she was cut very cleanly across, you know, between the vertebrae. Well, I'm just going to tell you this much. If you're dismembering a body, let's just put it this way. Dismembering a body is not unlike, and I am going to tell anybody who's about to eat or eating to stop right now listening to this episode. I'll give you a few seconds to pause this. Dismembering a human body is not unlike cutting up a chicken. There are easy ways to do it, and there are much more difficult ways to do it. If you're going to use a knife to do it, the easiest way is to go between the bones. So, you know, cutting through the spinal column, the vertebral column, is going to be much easier if you go through the discs, the, the cartilaginous and hyaline discs that are um, located between the vertebrae than trying to saw through the vertebrae. Disarticulation going through the joints and taking a leg apart at the knee is a much quicker and much simpler process than, you know, a mid-femoral, middle-of-the-thigh cut through very, very dense cortical bone. 
It's just, for lack of a better word, common sense. You know, it's easier to cut through tissue and tendon than it is to cut through a calcified piece of bone. You can chop through that, but it's still going to be quicker and probably less messy uh, to do it that way. Where surgical skill may appear to be present in some cases, hearkening back to the Jack the Ripper killings, the victim was eviscerated or specific organs were taken. And this was done in a matter of a couple of minutes and in the dark. Doesn't necessarily imply that the person had, you know, formal training or would have been credentialed as, as a physician or a surgeon. For instance, uh, removing the kidneys of a victim. Kidneys in most land mammals are located in roughly the same spot. So a person who's used to working in, say, a butcher shop or, a, you know, a slaughterhouse would be reasonably familiar with where the kidneys were located. Now, that said, um, this is hearkening back to the uh, letter sent to uh, Mr. Valesk of the uh, Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. There's always the possibility, and I'm a strong advocate of this argument, that that kidney was not actually from one of the victims. I believe that was probably a prank. And, you know, everybody's like, well, this uh, kidney had the same disease pattern as, you know, the victim. Well, let me point this out. What is referred to as Bright's disease in the official documentation is not a modern fixed diagnosis. This is, for lack of a better term, kind of a garbage pail diagnosis. There's quite a few conditions that produce reasonably similar findings in the gross anatomical sense that were lumped together. And diabetic nephropathy, uh, diabetic kidney disease is one. It was basically used at that time to describe what now would be described as a chronic nephritis. This can be anything from a sexually transmitted disease to the changes that are seen with, you know, chronic non, what are called non-nephrotic high blood pressures, non-nephrotic hypertension, which is non-kidney disease caused high blood pressure. You can have kidney disease that produces high blood pressure. You know, this idea that this, you know, these organs were removed quickly and efficiently by somebody who had, you know, was a medical professional or a surgical professional doesn't necessarily hold up. That doesn't mean that it wasn't someone who had some sort of training. It very well may have been, but one can't solely go looking for the the gentleman killer, you know, especially in the case of the uh, Whitechapel murders that so often plays well in the media in movies and in books. It could have been someone who washed out of medical school. It could have been somebody who worked in a butcher shop or a slaughterhouse. Which, oddly enough, the only suspect who was literally found standing over one of the victims, uh, Charles Lechmere, worked in a butcher shop. And so that's, that's an argument in favor of him being someone who would have known his way around with a knife. It also would explain someone having an easy way to dispose of the tissues that were never recovered. So this is what I would like you to have as a takeaway. Just because something appears to indicate something, you have to keep an open mind. But you have to keep a mind that is not so open that your brains fall out. We're all prone to want to chase a particular belief. We have to let the evidence take us in the direction that best fits all of the evidence. In the case of the Dahlia, I, I genuinely don't have a good working theory of my own. 
other than to say that I don't believe Steve Hoddell has come up with anywhere near as much solid evidence as he thinks he has to indicate that his father was involved in this. Likewise, in the Ripper killings, I, I, if pressed, I'm going to go with Charles Allen Lechmere because, you know, he was found standing over one of the victims and he was, would be somebody who would blend into the community. You know, this is where the whole dapper gentleman in a top hat and a handsome cab doesn't work. Someone like that would have been very easily spotted and remembered. This is one reason why serial killers who never get caught or don't get caught until they've accumulated a significant number of victims tend to hunt within their own socioeconomic groups and their own ethnic demographics. Rich, affluent person who's well-dressed, well-spoken, is going to stand out like a sore thumb in Victorian-era Whitechapel. So that's kind of the gist of this. It's People shouldn't take the idea of surgical skill as an absolute indication of the perpetrator's profession or background. It's simply an investigatory lead that needs to be followed. It may not go anywhere. It may not... The circumstances of the killing may dictate that a person with a professional background would not have a high likelihood to be able to be... to get away with the crime. They would stick out. At the same time, it's just... You have to take the whole case into account. This had been planned as a scripted mini-episode, but I'm doing this kind of off the cuff due to the fact that one of the other true crime podcasters is getting ready to release an episode on one of the cases that involves accusations of surgical skill among the unidentified perpetrator. And she asked that I get this out before her episode because she didn't want me to, you know, kind of get lost in the shuffle from that. And I don't know if I have permission to mention her name, so I won't. But should be figured out based on who releases what here soon. I had been kind of quietly helping her with some background research on that case and putting providing some forensic insight. And I'm always happy to do that for other podcasters. It's kind of why I do what I do. So thank you all. Um, hope you have a good night. Take care. Stay safe. Later.